health is at the core of all of us. So it's time that we start paying just as much attention to mental health as we do to physical health. Hello, Titan family, and welcome to the Fram and Friends podcast in partnership with Titan Radio. Fram and I are excited to welcome a student to today's podcast, one who has truly transformed Cal State Fullerton and the lives of countless current and future students. Here to introduce her and get us started is our host and president, Fram Virgi. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you uh, virtually, talk to you. Listen, uh, I miss everybody. Um, we're The light's at the end of the tunnel. We're getting ready to get back to school in the fall. I can't wait. Uh, campus is looking great. I go over there and walk and uh, I, I just dream of all of it being full. Um, and that is a great segue into uh, our guest today. Um, she is, she's just, just a light. Uh, every, every time I see her, uh, she lights up my face because she lights up my heart because she's such an amazing human being. She's such a good person. Um, she, I'm gonna let her introduce herself. We're gonna learn a lot about her today. Actually, I've never been speechless like this before <laughs> on, this damn, on this darn podcast, but it, it, I'm just so excited to see her because I haven't seen her in person for more than a year. Um, and I, she's a person that I run into on campus all the time, uh, see her everywhere. Um, uh, Asha Bhattacharya, tell us about yourself. Tell us um, where you grew up, where you came from. Introduce yourself to the Titan family. Yeah, thank you for the wonderful introduction, President Virgie. That was so sweet of you to say that. Um, so my name's Asha. I will be graduating this spring with a major in business marketing and a minor in psychology, which is just wild to think about because I feel like I was a freshman just yesterday. Um, and so I, I've loved my time at Cal State Fullerton. I never really thought I would go to Cal State Fullerton. I am an Orange County native. And so, you know, Cal State Fullerton has always been in my backyard. But, you know, they always say like, I kind of think about it like relationships, right? They're like, when you find the one you'll know. Well, that's sort of how I felt about Cal State Fullerton. It was really odd. Like I had gotten into some other schools that I always dreamt about going to. And then the more I looked into Cal State Fullerton, the more I was like, this place is a gem and all of the programs that they have. I got in as a president scholar, as a business honor student and a university honor student. And I was like, this is it. Like, I just felt it. I, I went and like officially visited the campus for the first time. I saw the business college and I just said, this place is, has something special that other places don't. And I can tell you now, four years later as a graduating senior that I was 100% right. Um, I have so much love for Cal State Fullerton and, you know, I don't want to graduate. <laughs> I want to be a student here for a long time. It's just, it's been so fun. So, now, now you guys are getting it. This is this. The, I remember. I can remember the first time I met Asha, and 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 it was Julie and I were walking in the gastronome, and we uh, we we just sort of bumped into each other and introduced ourselves. And she sat down, and we just started talking, and uh, uh, it was love at first sight. Let me tell you, she, <laughs> because that's exact. She just fills you up. Tell us, you, you grew up in Orange County. Tell us about your family. Tell us about uh, mom, dad, sisters, brothers. What do you got and what are they doing? What? Yeah. Uh, tell us about who Asha is, where you come from, what your sense of identity is. Oh my goodness. We could talk for so long about this. So I'll keep it short, but I, you know, so I grew up in Orange County. I have two wonderful, amazing, loving parents. My mom's an academic, has her PhD in, in econ. And so I, I sort of, I grew up with like this, this, this pride and this sort of need to pursue academia to the fullest extent, just as like in my blood, right? So my parents take education very, very seriously. They both grew up in India, came here, you know, mom got her PhD, uh, dad came here for work, you know, have worked their way up, worked his way up the corporate ladder. So for, for, for them, it's like, education has been the core of everything. That's how they got the American dream. So they instilled that in me. And I'm so glad that they did. You know, I've grown up with this belief that you have to work for what you want in life and nothing will be handed to you, but you can have 
literally the American dream, like my parents had, um, just by simply working hard. My mom always tells me hard work never killed anybody. She tells me that all the time when it's like 12 AM and I'm studying, I'm like, all right, mom. Okay. I get it. Um, you know, so I've, I've got, a, I'm really, really fortunate to, to have been raised by parents that value that. Um, and then, you know, as I've grown up though, I've learned more just about Asha and like, who is Asha aside from academia and aside from school and professional life? Um, who is Asha? What are my passions? What do I want to do? And since I was about 15 years old, I learned that a huge passion of mine is, is wellness and, and mental health, which we can, I don't know if we'll, I'm sure we'll continue to talk about that as the podcast continues, but um, that's how Fram and I, or I call you Fram, President Virgie and I. No, no, Fram, I want everybody to call me Fram, especially you. <laughs> that's how we actually met. I saw him at the gastronome and I just sort of sat down and spoke to him and, and, and Julie and said, I have some ideas about how we can transform mental health on this campus. Um, here's what I've seen as a student. Um, at the time I was a resident advisor, which has been a huge part of my life at Cal State Fullerton. Um, so as an RA, I've been able to live with the, the freshmen and who a lot of these freshmen at Cal State Fullerton, a lot of them, you know, first generation college students. So I got to sort of hear that experience and just live with them and mentor them and see their struggles and see their life. And I said, you know, I've, I've learned a lot about my own mental health journey and the mental health journey of my peers. And here's what I think. And I have a lot of ideas. Like, can we talk about it together? And you were so nice. And I remember I went to your office not too long later and we, we, we spoke about it. So I'm very passionate about mental wellness. That whole bookcase behind me, books full of, you know, personal development, mental health, mental wellness. I have a YouTube channel that I started at the beginning of quarantine. That's all about personal growth, self-growth, mental health. Um, yeah, so that's kind of who I am in a nutshell. <laughs> I love it, yep. I do, I, I remember that so clearly. Uh, your story uh, is, you know, is close to mine, is close to my heart because, you know, my dad's from India, I'm, I'm first generation. I came to this country when I was a kid um, I'm first in my family to go to go to college, but you know I have I have I have a set of parents that are exactly the way you describe yours, which is hard work, hard work, hard work, give to others, build community, take care of the future, uh, uh, make sure that uh, you are living not just for yourself but for others, and that. Um, uh, I hope your parents listen to this and I hope I can tell them how proud they should be of you. I know they are, but how proud I am of you and of what um, you, you are becoming and, and, and will be. And, uh, you know, we have a small part in that. Cal State Fullerton has a small part in that. But uh, to your mom and dad, thank you, thank you, thank you for everything that you've done to create this human being. Um, so let's talk about Cal State Fullerton for a minute. What did you know about Cal State Fullerton before you came that even made you think maybe that you might apply here? Uh, what uh, Talk to our, not just our current students, but prospective students. What was it that, said, that caught your eye and said, because I know you're a great student um, and you had uh, impeccable academic credentials, um, as many, many of our students have, mm -hmm. uh, and you had your choice of many places to go. So why CSUF? Yeah, great question. I always love talking about this. Um, I really think that Cal State Fullerton has some hidden gems that are no longer hidden anymore, which I'm really, really happy about. Um, I knew, so I knew that I was going in as a business major and I knew that the College of Business and Economics had a, a good reputation. I knew that it was a competitive uh, college. So I knew that and that was attractive to me. And then the more research I did about Cal State Fullerton, I heard about the business honors program. And I learned that this was, you know, like top 1% of the college and they had, uh, you know, their, their graduating seniors, like 90% of them went on to work for big four accounting firms right after graduation. And they had, um, you know, just top performing uh, students. And that for me was really important. I really wanted to be with students that 
because academia is a huge part of my core and my personality. I wanted that. So I was really attracted to that aspect and they had great professional development opportunities and, and mentors. And you had this small cohort uh, group that you take all of your business classes with. So I liked that sort of like family aspect of it. And I liked um, the strong academic integrity that it entailed. And then I also heard about the President's Scholars Program. And that for me was like, the next big kicker that was like, you should go to Cal State Fullerton. So um, if you get accepted as a president scholar, you get um, a full ride scholarship to attend Cal State Fullerton all four years. And so, you know, a lot of times like that's like the big thing that sort of pulls people into the scholars program. But I always say that's just the beginning. Like the scholars program really gives you a family of, you know, each cohort, each you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior has about 20, 16 to 20 students. So you really are like close knit with these people. And um, we have bonding activities and we have mentors and we have mentees and um, it, it really is a family. It's the scholars family. And so that was a huge attraction for me. And then also the university honors program as well. Um, so if you get in as a university honor student, you get to take your GE classes um, with a select cohort of honor students. And so that was really attractive to me because what I was beginning to find was like, I can go to Cal State Fullerton, which is the largest CSU, first of all, out of all the CSUs and, you know, pay public school tuition, but it's almost like I'm getting a private school education because I'm literally taking my classes in groups of like 15 to 20 students. I mean, that's amazing without having to break my wallet to do this. And, you know, not to mention the presidential scholarship. So, and with the university honors program, um, it, <clears throat> it gives you the opportunity to write your own honor senior thesis as a senior, which is what I'm doing now, which has been <laughs> a whole journey and I'm learning so much about that. Um, so I knew that, you know, what really attracted me to Cal State Fullerton was the programs, to be honest. I feel like Cal State Fullerton has so many niche programs for people and there's a place for everybody at this university. I think it's really easy to get lost or to feel lost in a school with 40,000 people, but Cal State Fullerton goes above and beyond in making their students feel like they have a home there. I mean, we have DIRC, which is the Diversity and Inclusion Resource Center. We have um, so many like niche clubs and, and areas that students can go into where you really feel at home. I love it. Yeah, you know, you talk about our business school um, and, and a lot of people don't realize we are the second largest business school in the country, Dang. <laughs> uh, which is an amazing thing. We have many programs that are uh, ranked in the top 20 or the top 30. We are, uh, some of our research programs are top 20 in the world. Um, and and, and with just within the business school, you have um, all the different centers that we have, the Center for Entrepreneurship, the Center for Family Business, the Center for Leadership, and the list goes on. So we have these great hands-on experiences for our students in our business school. So uh, uh, our business school is an amazing place, but it is only one example. And you gave so many other examples of what we work hard to do. Mm -hmm which is to find to make sure that there are places where you can find your family, find your, uh, your place at Cal State Fullerton and you named a bunch of them. You know, we are uh, uh, the largest undergraduate university in California. You know, USC and UCLA are bigger than us only because they have bigger graduate programs, but undergraduate program, we're the largest. But we also graduate more women at Cal State Fullerton than any other university in California, more Latinx students than any other university in California. We're number two in the nation for graduating students of color. That's a really number two in the nation and number three in the nation for social mobility, for where our students go and what they do and how they perform in life after they leave. So you are so right that there are places for all our students to soar and develop and be a part of the, the, the Titan family. I love it. And I love that you found yours and you found them in so many different places. Yeah. Yeah, but share what, share what uh, I know you're studying business, but you have so many passions. Why business? What do you wanna do with it? Uh, what, do you, what are your plans? What are your dreams that, uh, what you're gonna do with your education? Mm -hmm. 
So I studied business, to be quite frank with you, it, it's, it's a realistic thing to study. You know, for me, job security is very important. And so it was like, if I get a business degree, I know that I'll have options to pursue after this. That's just the type of person that I am. And then within business, I really fell in love with a certain um, area of business that's called organizational behavior. So that's sort of a mer the merge of psychology, sociology, and business together. And it's all about how can we, um, you know, what can we do with our employees to make them feel good and so that we can increase the productivity of the company and of, and of the organization as a whole so it's very like people focused and that's what my whole research senior um you know senior thesis is about it's about um how mindset affect, affects leadership emergence and how gender plays a role in that so um you know are females able to emerge as leaders if they're able to adapt certain types of mindsets? What are, what are the things that we can do to help females tap into these mindsets that will then help them emerge as leaders, help them climb the corporate ladder, which will then increase their salary, thus narrowing the gap between men and women in the workforce and the economy as a whole. So in short, that's what I really love about organizational behavior. Um, you know, some might think it's a foo-foo topic. I don't think so at all. I think it has great implications for the world and for society as a whole. And um, in terms of what I want to do with my business degree right now, I'm studying marketing. So I've applied to a few different uh, marketing positions. Um, I interned with Amazon last summer, which was an amazing opportunity because I got to see how can this company that started from nothing now turn, you know, now is turned into one of the biggest companies in the world what were their operations strategy? What was their logistics strategy? Like really learning about the fundamentals of this organization. Um, and they'd off they've offered me a position after graduation as an area manager. So prospects are looking good. I, I, I feel really good and happy and I, I feel prepared when I graduate, which is really all I wanted. I think there's no scarier feeling than graduating and being like, oh my gosh, which I do kind of feel just because like I'm normal and it's a pandemic and I'm a 22 year old <laughs> young adult trying to figure out life. But I feel that Cal State Fullerton gave me that security of like, you know, I'll teach you how to apply to jobs. I'll teach you how to write a resume. I learned all of these things at Cal State Fullerton through the mentorship that I got here, which has now been able to land me a job after graduation. Yeah, organizational theory is just uh, really, really, uh, it crosses all, 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 all bounds, all divides. Yeah. If you think about uh, the law, all the law is is a set of rules and responsibilities that are created so that we can organize ourselves in a, in a way to have civil discourse and to work in, uh, with each other. If you think about psychology, it's all about how we relate to each other, sociology right. on a macro level. And so that you can put that in a business uh, context and use it uh, in that business context. I think is far from foo foo or foofy. It is it is it is meaningful and intentional, and it is something that I know that you are very very passionate about, which is making a difference. It will help uh, move the needle for diversity, equity, inclusion, for mental health, for how we relate to each other, how we care for each other. It is a serious way to study those issues. Uh, and I love that you were able to find it. How, how did you go about finding it? Mm -hmm. I had an incredible professor junior year of college that I, um, I got to take through the business honors program. His name is Dr. Ryan Gottfriedson and he's a leading researcher in the realm of mindset. So he's done some really great studies on mindset and he's actually a like a best-selling published author. Um, he just came out with a book in 2020 that was like on the Wall Street Journal's best-selling list. And so I took his class and I talked to him and I said, I think what you're doing is really amazing. And I, I would love your, your guidance. And I have to do a research project. I don't have to do, I get to do a research project for the honors program. I would love if you could mentor me. And he, he was so kind and he said, yeah, of course. And so we, we, we sat down and we talked together about what are the areas that I'm passionate about. And I'm extremely passionate about psychology. So, you know, I'm, I'm minoring in psychology, which I very well could see me after a few years coming back to school, getting a PhD in psychology and maybe going down that route. That's definitely 
right now the, the opportunities and the possibilities are broad and I'm not pigeonholing myself in anywhere. I'm, I'm just going to see where life takes me. But I said, I'm really passionate about psychology and mindset. So I knew that I wanted my, my topic to be about that. And then I'm also extremely passionate about leadership, about rising up and being a good leader. You know, the most influential people in our lives are leaders, either for good or bad. We've seen the effects of bad leadership and we've seen the effects of good leadership. So it's, it's monumental, the effects that leadership has. And I'm extremely passionate about woman empowerment. As a woman in a predominantly male industry of business, I know what it feels like to you know, I had someone, you know, I, I pitched a business idea once and they said to me, well, you know, people aren't really going to take you seriously because you're a young woman. And I was just kind of like, okay, well, that just makes me want to work harder. So thank you for telling me that because I'm just going to keep pushing harder. So like, you know, <laughs> and so I want to continue helping women in any way that I can. So that's sort of like the merge of, of, of what I did. So you're totally right. OB is a, is a field that's very multidisciplinary. So um, one of the things that uh, uh, I'm hoping that uh, students and prospective students, especially that listen to this podcast, uh, learn is all the different places and spaces there are at Cal State Fullerton to, to, to develop, to transform yourself and to thrive. And you've, you have taken advantage of so many of those. I mean, you, you mentioned some, the Business Honors Program, the Present Scholars Program, um, the residence halls and your, your being in the residence halls. Mm -hmm. um, I know you worked a lot with the CAPS program and helping them yes. as well um, uh, and, and study abroad uh, yeah. as well. So talk about some of that stuff, uh, Asha. What I tell students when they come is be careful because if you're, if you're not careful, you're gonna blink and these four years or four and a half years or whatever it is are gonna be over um, and so don't take your freshman year to settle in, your sophomore year to get comfortable, your junior year to think about it, and your senior year to get engaged. Get engaged right away. And that's what you did. Mm -hmm. So share your experiences with us, some of those things, uh, residence yes. halls and study abroad and getting involved and why they made the difference for your experience here. And oh, Asha, specifically yeah. too, I wanted to add to, to what Fram's asking, and what's important to, to realize or hear about you is when Fram and Julie showed up at uh, the gastronome, you had the courage to not only approach them, which they're very open and easy to approach, but you were ready so that when Fram said follow up with an email, you followed up with a PowerPoint presentation like days <laughs> later. And I know, I know that when that when you approached that professor your junior year and asked for a mentor, he likely asked for you to follow up and you likely did the same thing. Mm -hmm. So also, as you talk about what Fran was saying, the courage to approach those people and then the importance of being ready and, yeah. and following through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So many good things to talk about. Okay. First, I want to talk about living um, on campus and then becoming a resident advisor because that's a huge part of the college experience. So if you can, I highly recommend taking the opportunity to live on campus. I know that Cal State Fullerton is a commuter school, but we have an incredible residential engagement program. So if you can take advantage of it. Um, you know, I remember like getting into an argument with my parents because I live like 20 minutes away from campus. And I was like, I want the college experience. I'm a very st stubborn person. That's <laughs> who I am. And my parents were like, this, this is not realistic. Like you live 20 minutes away. And I said, yes, but I'm saving money because I'm not going to a private school and I'm getting the presidential scholarship. Let's put my money that we've saved and let's put it in housing. So I was so stubborn and I didn't give up. And a few arguments later, they were like, all right, fine. You can live on campus. Best decision I ever made. And I'll tell you why. You know, if you're living at home for 18 years, it's great, but college is that wonderful time where you're like at the cusp of adulthood. And it's that first time where you can sort of 
figure out who you are, but you're still protected because you're living on campus. So you have a resident advisor that's there to help you out. If something goes really bad, you know, you, you've got these, these, these people who work for the university that really have your best interest at heart. So I feel like being in college and living on campus is the best time to kind of explore who you are in a very protected environment, which is not something that you're really going to get elsewhere. So take advantage of that if you can. Um, so I, I, I lived on campus as a freshman and that was great because I met so many different types of people. My best friends to this day are my neighbors that lived like right next to me in, in the residence halls. And then I decided to apply to be a resident advisor because I loved interacting with people. I'm passionate about personal development. And so then as a sophomore, I got that position. So I was a resident advisor for um, a group of about 50 freshmen and we lived on Juniper 5. And you guys, let me tell you, best year of my life, hands down. I had so much fun being a resident advisor. Um, a lot of the times people joke about like being an RA is just like being a babysitter kind of, but it's like the best babysitting job you're ever going to get. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so rewarding, right? Because at the time I was only 18, 19 and these freshmen were just a year younger than me. So I still related to them. I still had that like freshman enthusiasm and excitement. And I had a year of experience that I could share with them that they didn't have. So it was so rewarding and fulfilling for me to be able to um, give them all the insight that I had. It was so rewarding when they knocked on my door at, at 1 a.m. and they were like, Asha, I'm having, a, I had a really bad day today and I really miss my parents. Can you help me? And I would say, oh my gosh, yeah, come in, come, you know, sit down and let's talk about this. Like that for me, was the most meaningful thing. And that's why I became an RA. Um, I guess the financial upside of being a resident advisor is they completely pay for your room and board, which is incredible. For me though, the main reason why I did it was because I, I craved that deep, meaningful impact. And I saw that, I mean, I was living with these students. I saw them through their terrible days, crying, feeling homesick, going through normal 18 year old person problems. And I saw them on their best days where they said, Asha, you know, I finally got the internship that I've been applying for. I got the job that I've been applying for. I got an A on my math test. You know, that was such a rewarding experience. So I did that. And then the next year I became a senior RA, but it was cut short because of uh, coronavirus. But living on campus is amazing. You're going to meet so many incredible people. Um, and to Matt's point about being prepared, Use your time living on campus, whether you're an RA or not, use that time to be prepared to make meaningful connections. So this could, you know, with Matt's example, it was about me coming up to President Virgie and saying, these are my ideas and this is what I want to share with you. You can be prepared in so many ways, even just socially, right? Like you, maybe you're nervous. That's totally normal. I'm nervous. I'm a freshman. I've never met these people. Come prepared with like, hey guys, this is who I am. This is what I have to offer. Do you like, don't say that. I mean, that sounds weird, <laughs> but be confident in who you are. Go up to someone, knock on their door, say, hi, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm new here. Want to go grab lunch at the gastronome? Sure. Yeah. Being prepared is as simple as that, you know, like having a plan of, I remember when I was a freshman, I had a little, I made a group chat with the people that lived on my floor. And I said, all right, guys, like I just am coming back from class. Who wants to go to the gastronome? That was something that I could do that was in my control that sort of eased my social anxiety of I'm in a new place and I don't know people. So being prepared will help a lot. So that's my resident advisor experience. And, um, I want to talk about my study abroad experience, but before that, are there any like questions that you guys have about the resident experience? No, go, go talk about study abroad. I think it's a really important part. Well, before you do, I just want to plug that we do have more beds coming. 600, is that right, Graham? Yeah. Building a new res hall right now. So we'll have 600 more beds. So we'll have room. Yep. Come join us. Um, so study abroad. I... Oh my goodness. Okay. So I have had the good fortune to study abroad twice at Cal State Fullerton, which is amazing considering I have no idea when I'm going to travel again because of coronavirus. But the first time I studied abroad, I, it was the summer after my freshman year. And I studied abroad with the university honors program. Again, this is the great part about really joining these specific groups is it'll give you a lot of opportunity. 
So the honors uh, program at Cal State Fullerton, we went to Poland and Germany over the summer, 2019 summer, no, summer of 2018. And we studied political philosophy and then we studied peace, war and conflict. And because we were in Poland, we went to Auschwitz, which was, oh my goodness, by far, you know, one of the most life-changing experiences I've ever had, which I, I, I want to take a moment to talk about that. I think, um, you know, we learn about World War II in our history books and, 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 and we learn about the Holocaust and what happened, but standing where you know thousands and thousands and thousands of people were unrightfully murdered is a different type of feeling that you can't get from a textbook. And when I visited Auschwitz with my group, you know, we, we saw everything and it was like, oh gosh, it, it's difficult to put into words. You know, we saw the remains of the clothing of the Jews that were, that were killed. You know, we saw there's a pile of shoes that they have uh, behind a glass construct so you can't touch it obviously but there's like locks of hair that are there there's shoes there's suitcases there's clothing that they have piled up and those are the remains of the people that were murdered there so you see very firsthand it's a very visual experience you can see the effects of this event um they have all of the photos of all of the the prisoners that were there and um you can see the sadness in their eyes i remember that was the hardest part for me, oddly enough, was seeing the photographs of everybody. They're wearing the striped uniforms. You can just see it in their eyes, you know, the, the sadness there. And I, I, I talked about a little bit earlier the importance of leadership. This is the importance of leadership, right? We see the effects of having a bad leader. It can cause this immense event to happen that has changed history forever. That's why leadership is important. Um, but you know, it was a life-changing experience. And we finished the tour of Holocaust by walking, you know, the, the, the railroad tracks where it split off into um, labor camps and then the, the gas chambers. And so we, we took that same route. We, we walked the railroad track um, that people walked to die, quite frankly. And um, the remains of the gas chambers are still there. So Obviously I didn't touch it out of respect, but I just sort of peered my head in and it's really interesting. You can see like the stairs are still intact. So there's all this rubble from the gas chamber being exploded, but, but, but the inside is still intact. You can sort of see it. And our tour guide pointed out, okay, this is where, you know, the showers were, this is where the ovens were, you know, and I, it's, it's descriptive, I know, but I think it's important to talk about. Um, and, and the last thing that our tour guide said to us was, um, all right, so you've, you've taken the time to walk the, the, rail, the railroad tracks that, that these people took, but you are lucky enough to get to walk back. It's the last thing she said to us. And we would just stood there and we were like, oh my gosh, and we just cried. And we had a really meaningful conversation about what does this mean? What are the impacts of leadership and and how can we become more empathetic and compassionate and how can we prevent this from ever happening again life-changing experience did that um i saw the berlin wall when we went to germany which was incredible to learn about the history of um world war ii and and the cold war and everything there so it was my first study abroad experience. I absolutely loved it. And then I studied abroad again, winter of 2020, no, 2021, winter of 2021, right literally a month before COVID happened. Um, so I went to Italy, I went to Spain and I went to Greece and I studied international economics. And so we learned about Brexit. We learned about all these different, you know, inter international economic policies. And that was amazing as well. So I feel like a cultured person <laughs> for sure. So I love your, what you're doing is painting a picture <clears throat> and you do such a great job of it, Asha, for these students. You're not just saying, oh, hey, living in the residence halls is great, you should try it or study abroad can change your life. You're giving 
a vivid picture to them that they can see in their mind to understand why it is transformational. Mm-hmm. You know, I, one of the most uh, transformational things for me in my life is very similar and that's being in Rwanda for the genocide and seeing exactly the same thing. Uh, you know, it, it, there what they've done is where m- many of the killings took place in churches and they've just left everything there, the clothes, everything, the blood, everything they did. They, as a, a very difficult, very stark reminder of a million people losing their lives in a hundred days. And so I know the impact it is. You can feel the weight of something like that. Yeah. Uh, but this is, this is what can happen at Cal State Fullerton. Your life can be transformed if you find the, the opportunities and you take advantage of them, uh, which takes me to the next piece that I want to talk about, which is I know you found your passion because when you came, when we met in that gastronome, what you wanted to talk about was mental health, but you didn't want to talk about um, more CAPS counselors. You, you wanted to talk about preventative mental health. You want, you, I remember what you said to me, you said, how come we have a rec center where I can go work out and I can get physically healthy, but there's no place for me to go and make sure that I stay mentally healthy. We need a well-being health center for mental health. And I looked at you and I thought, first of all, who is this lady? <laughs> and second of all, that's the smartest thing I've ever heard. And what we had our, you sent me a PowerPoint and I sent it on to the board of trustees and they highlighted it at a board of trustees meeting. And we're still working on those issues today. And we're looking today at holistic health. That's what you at Cal State Fullerton is all about. That's what, and and that's because of you, kiddo. I mean, that's what you did. Uh, So (laughs) I'm serious. I'm very, very serious. You're gonna make me cry. Making a difference. And then I think, okay, uh she's done with that and what does she do she starts her own youtube channel on co- during in the middle of covid all about mental health and says hey let's talk about this let's talk about wellness let's talk about so where does this passion for wellness and holistic mental health and looking at this from uh um exercising your mental well-being in a way that's going to make sure that you don't fall into depression. You don't fall yeah. into those confined. And if you do, you can find a way out. Where does this all come from? Yeah. You know, I have been an anxious kid my entire life, but it didn't really start affecting me until I was about 15. I had my first anxiety attack and oh my goodness, if anyone watching has ever had an anxiety attack or a panic attack, you know how debilitating it can be. And once you get stuck in that hole, it feels impossible to get out. Um, And so I was fortunate enough to be able to have resources to help me. I was fortunate enough to be able to go see a therapist through my insurance and see a psychiatrist through my insurance. But I, I know that you know, from my experience being a student and being an RA, I know that there are people that don't have that luxury. And so I was thinking a little bit about how, as I was younger, I I, I went to school and I was mandated to take these physical education classes, literally mandated from the time I was in kindergarten till the time I was in 12th grade. And I think that that's great because physical health is of the utmost importance. Why was I never, not once in school, taught about how to manage my own mental health? Not once. Because here's the thing, we might assume that people come from families where they have that luxury of of learning, hi honey, let's talk about our feelings, let's talk about our emotions. But the truth of the matter is that that does not exist. The Center for Disease Control says that one out of every four young adults struggle from mental illness. And now that number has increased, Um, I was just watching a news video the other day that I saw on YouTube that was saying that three out of every four college students are depressed because of COVID. So the rates of depression, the rates of anxiety have increased so much because of COVID, but even before this was an issue. Um, and, and, And we're not getting that support from our family members. Sometimes our parents, you know, they come from a different generation. They're not even aware that mental health issues are a thing. And even if they are well intentioned, they might not know how to help their kid, you know? So why are we not 
you know, we're sitting here at these schools and we're, we're, we're teaching kids how to, you know, Pythagoras theorem and all these things. It's like, let's teach them how to take control of their mental health. So that's what I talked to President Virgie about. You know, we have a rec center on campus. Why don't we create a physical space on campus that's separate from CAPS? that is all about your mental stamina, right? Because there's a lot of data and studies out there that show that the key to falling out of these mental ruts is grit and the ability to be resilient. So what if we built this center on campus that gives students a safe space where they can quite literally exercise their mind to fight against negative thoughts, to address their anxiety head on so that they're not taking control of it? Why don't we create a space where we are literally training people to become mentally fit? And I think if we can do that, it helps all aspects of life. If we have students that are able to take control of their mental health, they will then be able to put more time and focus on their education. Graduation, graduation rates will increase. They'll be able to get a job. They'll be able to actually enjoy their social relationships. I mean, health is at the core of all of us. So it's time that we start paying just as much attention to mental health as we do to physical health. And I'm so proud to say that you know, I just talked to the director of CAPS, Jamie Sihan, and she was telling me that we've got a center, a space now in, in the Pollock Library where we're, you know, ordering. Uh, she shouldn't tell me completely, but we're, but we're trying to turn that into a mental fitness center of sorts. Yeah. 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 Gee, I wonder who came up with that idea. <laughs> you know, that's such an important point, Fram, because um, Fram often says publicly, my door is open. My phone line is open. My email is open. Please come to me. And students see our university in a way that no one else can. They're closest to all of the services. So we hear parking over and over and over. We know there's a parking problem. We are working on that. <laughs> but if as a student, you dig a little deeper, and I can't tell you how many times your story has happened with Fram, where a student brings us an idea and we look at each other and go, how did we never think of that? Let's do that. So uh, to other students, take Asha's example and, and bring stuff to us because Please. it helps. Please. Yeah. No, that, that the student voice is so important. We, we, if you don't, if you don't tell us what you need, we'll do, we'll do what we think you need. Um, and it's not always the same. And even though we do it with the best of intentions, even though we do it with all of our heart, if it's not the right thing, it will not work. So I love, I, I love talking to students and this is a perfect example. So let's change, change the subject for just a second. Um, I always like to ask my uh, podcast guests a couple of questions and I wanna make sure I get a chance to ask them to you. So I have personal heroes in my life. I have both, both people that I never knew and will never know, but are heroes to me because they are larger than life. They did things in life that, um, uh, model who I want to be and what I want to do. And then I have personal heroes in my life who poured themselves into me. Mm. And therefore, without them, I wouldn't be who I am. Mm. So tell me, give me one of each or two of each if you want to. Who are your personal heroes that you don't know? Who are their personal heroes that you know? And why are they your heroes? So this sounds so odd. And I know people are going to like laugh when I say this, but honestly a personal hero of mine that I don't know is Taylor Swift and I'll tell you why for me she is much more than an artist she's much more than a singer I have owned every single Taylor Swift album that there is <laughs> since her first album came out in like 2009 and the thing about Taylor Swift and what she does as an artist that is different from many other artists is she from day one has had connect with her fans if you listen to her music and that you know that's what her fans love so much about her she is able to tell a story through her lyrics and that is what I've always wanted to do as trust me I'm not a singer but when I speak to people and when I you know, and meeting people, it is of utmost important to me that I'm developing a, a, a relationship through story, through sharing my personal experience. And, and I learned that as weird as that sounds from Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, if you're ever watching this, please let me meet you. <laughs> I would, I can't tell you how much I love that. But um, 
Another thing too, is I think she's an incredible role model. You know, she has been put through some terrible things in the media, but she has always led with kindness. And that's what I really, really like about her. And I, I don't think that there are many celebrity examples out there that have reached that pinnacle of success and have done it the way that she has and has held on to her morals and values. So I think about that a lot. And then in terms of, you know, our hero, heroes in my life that I know, you know, I had, again, it, it's the small things. I, I think education is so important and our teachers make such a big difference in our lives as students. I had a fifth grade teacher who I will never forget this. I had studied really hard for a science test and she pulled me aside one day. She's like, Asha, you did really well on your science test. And I said, thank you. She said, I'm really proud of you. I'm 22 and I will never forget that. She told me, I'm very proud of you. Your hard work paid off. What that showed me was that if I work hard, that is something to be proud of. And for the first time I had felt it from somebody different than my parents, you know? So that's really important as, as a kid to feel that. And then I also had a AP chemistry teacher in high school. I hated chemistry, but I took it because I loved that, that teacher, <laughs> Dr. Spring. And this is when I was going through my really, really bad anxiety when I was in high school. And she was the first teacher that I had opened up to. And I, and I talked to her about it. And I said, I told her after class one day, I said, I feel awful every day. And I sit in your class and I can't focus and I can't concentrate. And she sat down with me for two hours and she taught me the whole lecture all over again. And then she said, you know what, Asha? Wake up every morning and put one foot in front of another. That's it don't think about anything else. Put one foot in front of the other. Move forward every day. That's it. And I sat with her so many times and I said, I'm sorry, Dr. Spring. I was like having an anxiety attack in the middle of your class. I don't know what happened. She said, all right, let's sit down. And she'll, she'd stay with me for like two hours, teach me the lesson. I mean, that is the most beautiful thing. That is true care. And, and I have so, I, I can't speak enough about the importance of people in our education system making an impact on students. Um, yeah, biggest, biggest heroes in my life. And they probably don't even really remember much of what happened, but I do, because it affected me that much. I think we all have those experiences. I can think back to, even as old as I am, I can think back to my fourth grade teacher, which is the first real teacher that saw something in me and paid attention to me or that high school, uh, teacher who, uh, you know, guided me or college professors. I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, this is a mission. Uh, education uplifts people, changes lives, changes communities. And the people that do this, our faculty, our, and everybody on our campus who works on our campus is an educator. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody, everybody in student affairs and academic affairs, uh, everyone to, from our faculty members to our uh, the folks that uh, serve you the food in the gastronome and everywhere in between, they are, it can have an impact in your life and they are educators. Uh, and I, I love them all for what they do. Uh, and I, I do want to say, I, you know, you mentioned that. And when I was living on housing, there was this, we had this amazing, uh, I guess his official title is custodian. I don't know if you know him, Johnny. Do you know yep. Johnny? Yep. What is his official title? I don't know what. Yeah, uh, maintenance. Yeah. Maintenance, maintenance. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. He, I can be having the worst day. Every time he sees me when I walk back from class, he says, Asha, how are you? And he gives me a hug. And he doesn't do this just with me. He does this with so many students. He'll say, hi, how are you? How was class? I mean, like, it's little stuff like that that just makes the biggest difference when you feel like you're in a place where people genuinely, your existence makes an impact on their life. I mean, it's the little stuff. So I, I could do this with you for hours and hours and it would be so much fun and so much, but we're, our time's running short. And so what I would really like you to do in, in closing this out is um, think about who... I hope everybody is listening to this 
everybody from our faculty and staff and students to your mom and dad and everybody else, everybody listens to this and thank you for listening. But think about both our current students who are, who are behind you and still have some time to catch up and, and, and take advantage, but also um, those folks who are pers our prospective students out there thinking about Cal State Fullerton. Talk to those people. Uh, if you could say one thing to our current students and our prospective students, uh, give them one piece of advice, what would it be? Whoa, the age old question that is, I need to think about that. For prospective students and students that have already gone through, you know, I'd say, I really like what you said, Fram, about um, like hitting the ground running when you enter Cal State Fullerton. I'd guess, I think for, for future students coming in, my, my advice for you is to be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And really the experience that you're gonna have at college is, is what you make of it. I, I know people say that all the time and it's cliche, but it's, it's true. Um, there are so many resources and so many opportunities that Cal State Fullerton has go out there and like grab it and make opportunities for yourself in areas where you feel like you can't find any. For example, I was at a standstill when it came to mental health and I made an opportunity. I saw President Virgie at the gastronome and I made an opportunity. It is up to you. If you want to see change, if you want, if you have an issue, if there's a club that you want to start, it is in your hands. And you have the power to do that. And that is so exciting. Um, and then I guess, you know, for students that have passed, like, don't you just love Cal State Fullerton? <laughs> like, it's been, it's been amazing. And um, I want to thank all of my professors and, 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 and the staff here at Cal State Fullerton that has poured their livelihood into helping students. Um, I have the utmost respect and gratitude for the work that you've done. Well, you are, you are amazing, you, you know that, and you uh, are going to soar and you are going to change the world. It is gonna be so fun to watch what you do. You are a force of nature. Um, I hope I never am in the way, cause you'll just, cause <laughs> it, won't, it won't be pretty. Uh, <laughs> but I, I so, please know, for you and for all our students, but just for this moment and, and, and for right now, please know I'm always standing right next to you. I'll do anything I can to help you um, uh, because I know uh, with you, we are in for goodness uh, and, and, and I can't wait to watch. Thanks so much for spending this time with me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Asha. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Fram and Friends, a collaboration between Titan Radio and Cal State Fullerton. For more episodes like the one you just heard, visit titanradio.org.